fast. Particularly with Ollie in mind this morning, but you know, if you are in any relationship at all with any other human being, this will be helpful for you. Helpful for you. Turn around to your neighbor and say, This is helpful for you. There will be something here this morning for you. Um, but you know we live in an age, don't you, in the West, where everyone's like doing their own thing. They, they live in a little echo chamber with their phone or device or computer. Um, everything's become much more individualistic. Everyone's a lot more mobile. Very few people live near their families anymore. Everything's a lot more scattered. So that means people generally become a lot more isolated with families. But I think it's what, as time has gone on, we've discovered that people are... Um, losing some of the most uh, natural and what was passed down through the generations in terms of parenting. So what I thought I'd do, you know, because I believe in we should be interactive as we're doing it this morning, is I thought we could think of some things, and in a moment I'll give you the opportunity to shout them out, things that you grew up, maybe older folk, you could like think of your parents or your grandparents, or little like lines that you were fed that were how you thought the world should be seen. So I've written down a couple. Um, this is something I grew up hearing. Um, after day comes night, and after night comes... I think what a silly little thing. Do you know that that's really about... You know, if you're feeling down at the moment, that's not going to be how you're going to feel tomorrow. And likewise, uh, we are in the season of, well, just coming out of winter into, and after spring comes, and after summer comes. You're good at this. I think you've heard this one before. And it shows you, you know, if you're, you might be in a winter season at the moment, but that's okay because spring's around the corner. Um, we are watching an uh, American program, watching how the kids talk to the adults. And all the kids, you know, if it's the dad, that the young boy says, yes, sir. And if it's a daughter who says, yes, ma'am, or to the mum says, yes, ma'am, I thought we should bring that one back. Yes, sir, and ma'am. We've been, we've been trying to do that with our kids, not really working out very well. Um, but I wondered what else you heard growing up that you're thinking, yeah, we should bring that thing back. What else have you heard? Come on, Malcolm, you're, you're stewing on something. What did you hear that you're thinking, they don't do that these days. They should really do that again. Oh, <laughs> should be seen and not heard. They're doing a pretty good job at the moment. Children should be seen and not heard. That's, that sounds like one we should think about. Okay, anything else? You grew up hearing, maybe your grandparents said, your parents said, we don't do it anymore. What else? Do as you're told. Wait till your father gets home. We have used that one a couple of times. That's powerful, powerful. <laughs> Yeah. Anything else? Oh, eat your bread, crush your hair, will grow curly. That's a nice one. I'm sure there's a lot of truth in that. Oh, they're coming out now. These are all quite vicious ones, I might add. No, I feel like maybe it's a good thing we've got rid of some of these things. That's probably helpful. Um, next slide, please. Does anyone know who this guy is? Wow. Who said that? Well done. Joe Rogan. So um, I only heard about him last week, but he said something that really stuck with me. Um, he is like a pro wrestler, 
bodybuilder, stroke comedian, and um, he's grew up as a bit of a gangster, and he's now become famous and very wealthy. He now knows a lot of wealthy people that are wrestlers and all this kind of stuff. And he was on a talk show, and he was talking about how with his own children, he does everything he can to keep them safe. And um, so he watches their language, keeps them really safe, and don't let them go out on the streets, don't let them do this, that, the other. And, he's, and he was saying, you know, because I grew up in a really tough time, and, and I don't want my kids to go through that. He said, but then what that means is my kids have no resilience. They don't have any ability to stand up. So they're wealthy. They've had the most cushy life. But when they get to their teenage years, they have it very, very hard. And there was a line I heard a number of weeks ago that I shared with the churches. If you're prepared for a hard life now, life will become easy. But if you want an easy life, life will become hard. Some of you, uh, yeah, that's been your experience. Wonderful. Great. Okay. Next one, please. Who's this person? Say it again. Claudia Winkleman. Some of you, you have no idea who that is either. You're thinking, that's two people. I have no idea who they are. I heard her on a radio show this week. She talked about curling parents. No one's heard of that either. Wonderful. Okay. So you'll know the sport curling where you see at the Winter Olympics where they sort of throw this puck, I suppose, and um, they sort of use their brooms to sort of make it smooth. That's what a curling parent does, smooths the way for their children. And I heard her talk about this and said she was tracking her 16-year-old son on the iPhone, checking where he was, and noticed he was about to head past the subway. So she put in seven pounds into his account so that he could go and get the grilled cheese Philly steak subway. And then he, she, he, she realizes the mum, she goes, oh, Arsenal about to play. He loves Arsenal, so I'll record it for him on my phone so when he comes home later, he can watch it. Oh, and then I realize he doesn't have a key, so I'll, I'll send a cab to pick him up when he's finished, and then um, he'll be able to come home. Oh, and he doesn't have a, an anorak, or, and it's about to rain, so I'll, I'll send someone to bring that to him. And she realized, wait a minute, I am doing everything for him, and he needs to become resilient. And she said, and then I realized it was okay for him to get a bit wet. It's okay for him to miss his favorite team. It's, a, it's okay for him to be a bit hungry because he forgot to take some money with him. He said, but, but then actually he's going to live with me forever because I'm his mum. Next verse, please. This is going to be the verse for us this morning that I want us to think about. Um, in Proverbs 22, written by a guy uh, called uh, Solomon, who's like a famous wise king. He says, point your kids in the right direction. When they're old, they won't be lost. Point your kids in the right direction. When they're old, they won't be lost. And in many ways, you know, families have got smaller, partly geography and partly because people like to have their privacy increasingly. But actually, people are way less connected. Although we've got social media, people are generally way less connected than they used to be. And uh, we've discovered that in church, I mean, for those of you who go to church, isn't church weird? I mean, you've got weirdos like, like Jim here. Sorry, don't say that out loud. You've got, you've got a bunch of weird people all coming together, and you're trying to tell them, can you please not just get along, 
not just like one another, but you've got to love each other. And let me tell you, as a pastor, like, that is really hard. Because, I mean, have you noticed, even with your own, like, nuclear family, you've got problems, you've got arguments, you've got debates, you disagree, and let alone all these people gathered together, all trying to get along, who are completely see the world differently from one another. Has anyone experienced this yet? This is just, this is just me? Okay. Um, so what I'm going to do this morning is I have five family rules that I'd like you to take away. And it was a little bit of a stretch to make this work because I've done it with the acrostic of Ollie. Everyone say Ollie. <laughs> it's okay. You'll see how this works in just a moment. So number one, I'll get you to say the word after me. The first one is overlook. Here's a great family rule. And what we mean by that is, this is where any family that's going to survive, that's going to work, where you're going to thrive as a family, is you're going to need to learn to forgive one another. You're going to need to overlook offense. Because, you know, uh, increasingly, I think you'll notice, everyone gets really offended really easily. Which makes it, like, really difficult to communicate when you think the other person is going to get offended all the time. And actually, families that stay together, that work well together, have learned not to take offense easily. They hold back on it. And they say, you know what? I'm going to overlook that offense. I am going to forgive that person. The verse I've got for that is in Colossians, which is a a, book in the New Testament, the latter part of the Bible. And there's a guy called Paul writes this. And he was someone quick to get angry, quick to take offense, and he, got, he met Jesus on the road to Damascus and a complete life turnaround. And he writes this to a church and he says, Be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. The master is a reference to Jesus. So the model there is Jesus forgave you completely, quickly, and that is how we are to forgive one another. Next one, please. The, the L, the first L of Ollie is love. Nice and easy one, really, you might think. Um, when we come to love, the Bible doesn't hold back on this subject. It has so much to say in it, really. There are several words for the word in English, love, in Greek. And the one really um, that revolves around families and how we're to love God is the word agape, which means to care. The word is beautiful, though, because it's not mixed up with other things. It's not like you can agape pizza and you, you love um, this with the same kind of love. This is a really selfless kind of love. And the word love used um, to describe how God loves us is the word agape, love. God cares for us in a particular way. And what I'd say about this is that in order for a family to thrive, it needs love, but not the kind of like just gooey gushy, like this love that I just love you. I love you so much. No, I love you so much. It's not that kind of love. This is a love that is incredibly selfless. It's not self-centered. We spoke last week about dreams, and I said, you know, you may have a dream for a a Harley Davidson. Seeing if that touches any nerves. No, it doesn't. Okay. You You have a dream for a mansion, and the problem with that dream is it's all about you and what you want and how your life would be better. Your dream is you centered, but when your dream is other centered, it's way more compelling. 
It's, and actually, that's what love looks like. It's about the other person. And so this kind of love should be in a family. Is, is how you treat one another with respect. It's how you put the other person before your own needs. It's about protection. And the verse I have here is a brilliant verse. It's in Hebrews 12, written by, we don't know quite who wrote Hebrews. In the New Testament, latter part of the Bible, it says this, my dear child, don't shrug off God's discipline, but don't be crushed by it either. It's the child he loves that he disciplines. The child he embraces, he also corrects. God is educating you. That's why you must never drop out. He's treating you as dear children. This trouble you're in isn't punishment, it's training. The normal experience of children, only irresponsible parents leave children to fend for themselves. Bit of resilience coming in there. Let me just, um, some of you know our story, I won't, really go, I won't go into it in detail, but just to say we've been through a very difficult time for about the last eight years with uh, quite a number of things. And meeting other people going through the same things, a lot of them say, well, God can't exist because of the suffering that I've been through. But I think as a Christian, I would say, uh -uh, it's, the, it's kind of the other way around. It's actually, God isn't punishing. He's not like making it hard for people just because he's like sadistic or likes people, giving people a difficult time. Is It's training. It's because we get to know God on another level. It's because God cares for us in such a way that he's showing something else about his character to us. And only irresponsible parents leave their children to fend for themselves. So if you're a good parent, you're going to have to discipline your child. Parents say amen to that. Mm -hmm. Okay, wonderful. Now the X... L, um, so L, L, L. Next word is loyalty. Everyone say loyalty. This is how to help your families thrive, guys. So um, when we talk about loyalty, we are talking about resilience, about commitment, about stability, and a great word, consistency. If you want a good, blessed, rock-solid family, you're going to need loyalty. Because you see, here is how a, fam a family thrives when it knows it's safe. And you create safety within a family by commitment, by loyalty, by people following through with their word, by stability, by resilience, and by consistency. My wife has um, recently become a, a, a sleep therapist, and, and it's she will uh, meet with individuals or sometimes in groups and she talks to them about how to help your child sleep. So the number one thing she's always saying to the parents, number one, consistency. These things, these processes, they absolutely work. And often the parents say, well, I've tried that and it doesn't work. He says, it's because you were not consistent. And every single time she says that, they're like, you're right. I gave up after a week, two weeks, whatever it was. But if people can be consistent, they can be loyal. They will see things work. The verse I have for this is in Romans 12. Paul again writes to this church in Rome and he says, Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert, servants of the master. Cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. I was thinking for Simon... Um, this week, as 
as you were a professional footballer, which is something you probably see me on TV doing the same thing. Um, one of the things I'm sure they never said to you as a footballer is, we just want you to be happy. <laughs> you can imagine a bunch of footballers or young footballers coming onto the field and the coach just says, hey, listen, whatever happens today, all that matters is that you're happy. Whatever you think is easy and nice and comfortable, that's what we're going to go with. I don't think they ever said that, did they? No, they said, we're going, to make, we're going to push you hard. This is going to be painful. You're going to wish this is going to stop. But I tell you what, this is going to make you better. Is that right? One of the things I learned from Simon is I, I do a bit of running. And he said, you want to throw him from swimming into your running. Swim as hard as you can for like half an hour. And I was like, oh, man, you have no idea. I don't find swimming easy. I'm puffing away doing this. He says, it's going to make you better at running. So I did it because I was like, it's going to make me better at running. Not because I enjoy it. No, it's going to make me happy. But you see, don't quit in hard times. Because I tell you what, that is when people quit. When it's hard. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. So loyalty. Now we're getting to an interesting letter I. What have I put for I? Here's the, uh, the word is indulge. Everyone say indulge. That literally means to enjoy pleasure. If you're going to have a thriving family, you know, this could work, couldn't it, for businesses, for churches, for families, for relationships. There must be fun and laughter. There must be fun and laughter and joy. Because a family that are having fun and laughter and enjoying each other's company are going to want to stay together. The verse I have for this is again from Guy Solomon who writes this and he's, he says in Proverbs, he says, A cheerful heart brings a smile to your face and a sad heart makes it hard to get through the day. That's so true, isn't it? Cheerful heart brings a smile to your face and a sad heart makes it hard to get through the day. He also writes, Solomon writes Ecclesiastes. And he writes it as an old man full of regrets. And what he says is an old king. He says, so I'm all for just going ahead and having a good time the best possible. The only earthy good men and women can look forward to is to eat and drink well and have a good time. Compensation for the struggle for survival these few years God gives us on earth. So please don't make a mistake here. What Solomon is saying is, please take pleasure in today. In one sense, it's all we have is, is today. Um, are there any kids among us that are still listening? I just wondered, who does something fun in your family? What fun things do you do in your families? Okay, grown-ups, you can join in if you're like, hey, we do this fun thing. <laughs> Who does something fun? No one? Oh, yes. What do you do that's fun? You dance. You should see my dancing. <laughs> yes, wonderful. Anyone else? Anyone do something fun? Traveling. Say that again? Traveling. Traveling, that is a lot of fun. Taking the mickey out of each other. <laughs> is that fun? Yeah. Visit theme parks, my kind of lady. Visit theme parks. Love visiting theme parks. Kids love theme parks. Anyone else? Tickle fights. 
That is not fun. Let me just tell you, as a ticklish person, that is not fun. Someone else. I'm just wanting you to hear some ideas, by the way. That's what I'm doing. Play? Say that again. Play. Absolutely. You've got to play. Yeah, sorry, someone else? Eating. Eating is a lot of fun. Cheesecake, especially fun. So it's fun and laughter. That was the eye on, on Ollie. And the last one is encouragement. I did well there, didn't I? Not, not making myself look good. But I just think Ollie's not the easiest word to try to think of five things. Encouragement. And the verse, again, Paul writes in Colossians, he says, Parents, don't calm down too hard on your children or you'll crush them. The reason I put that in is because I think one thing you do as parents is you discipline your kids and you try to find the right line. But actually, the beauty of family is you can find out what you're good at. Imagine for a moment there was a thousand people in this room and I start playing the piano like this. There's a thousand people in this room. You paid good money to be here. You're all likely going to say, get that idiot off the stage. That is a moron. What is he doing behind the piano? He should not be there. If I was your one-year-old son, be a bit weird, I know. If I was your one-year-old son and I played that, you'd be saying, oh, that's amazing. Well done. He just played the piano. I'm going to put that on Facebook. You'll put it on Facebook and you'll get like a million likes for that. What's the difference? The difference is relationship, isn't it? The difference is, in a large crowd, anonymous crowd, people are hugely critical. But when they know you closely in relationship, you tend to find people are very encouraging. Because it's safe, because that is the place we get to find what we're good at. People encourage us and they urge you on, say, keep going. Won't be long before you're playing chopsticks or something. And, you know, in families, it's great because one thing I've never experienced, I've never felt jealous of my wife. I was saying yesterday to her, you know, if, if whatever she attains in life, I have never felt, I wish I had done the same. I wish that had been my accolade. I wish I'd got that applause because I love her. When you love someone, you don't feel jealous. You want what's best for them. You know, their victory is your victory. Am I right? I'm about to end. In fact, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that family was your idea, that actually before the foundation of the world, there was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. There was a family. And you showed us what a good family looks like. And when, we see, when, when Jesus was made flesh and he came down to earth as a baby and he grows up in a family. And then he detaches himself from his earthly family because he recognizes actually his father is in heaven. And he does everything that he sees his father doing. And then what Jesus does is he, he shines all the attention onto the Holy Spirit to say, it is better if I go in order that you will receive the Holy Spirit. And we begin to see this beautiful picture. See it at Jesus' baptism of the Father of 
affirms the son. This is my son who I'm well pleased. And then we see the Holy Spirit descending like a dove on him to affirm again. And we see this beautiful family and we say, God, family was your idea. We sometimes think it's our idea or, or we've got to make up the rules or something. But actually, you've given us the rules. He said, this is how a family thrives. I should know. I've been at it a long time. And Father, we thank you that as we read these verses, there is power in those verses. There is power in the name of Jesus. And I'm praying, Lord, for families. I know that there will be families here this morning that are struggling. There will be couples struggling in their marriages. There will be children feeling that their parents are too harsh or that they're not dis being disciplined enough. And Lord, we pray for your spirit to come on us this morning. We would know that you are near, that you show us what a father or a parent is like by how you parent us. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Well, uh, just as a, a little game, you can play with someone at the end. You can ask them, what did Ollie stand for? And see if you can remember. Overlook, love, loyalty, indulge, and encouragement. Wonderful. Well, have a great day. Please stay around for cake, tea, and coffee, biscuits. Um, see you around. God bless you.